हेलो ऑडियंस मिट्टी के रंग ड्रिंक्स टू यू अ सीरीज ऑफ इंटरेक्टिव सेशंस ओवर जूम विद द हेल्प ऑफ विच वी एम टू ब्रिंग सोशल चेंज रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी अमंगस्ट यूथ एंड इंट्रोड्यूस यू टू पीपल फ्रॉम वेरियस डोमेन्स टू लेट्स यू फाइंड योर वाइल्ड प्रोफेशनल कम्युनिटी बिल्डर a weekly newsletter with the aim to make the world a less lonely place she is also a founder of hustle fest a platform for freelancers the co-founder of new york city community builder and founding team hi julian how are you doing i am good i was just wondering if you could hear there's some like very vocal birds outside yes, yes. My right now do you yes. hear them yes <laughs> so we're going to have some nature in this recording Yes actually it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I love them. They're my friends. They're my bird friends. <laughs> do you have any pet? A dog or a cat? I do not. So I actually I just moved last week um for a little bit to Austin, Texas. Okay. So we do not have a pet uh but our landlord Christoph has a dog. Okay. So his dog is around which is nice. So okay I just um I always ask this question to the guest. So basically this is my favorite signature signature question to start with because when okay. I ask this I usually expect some you know interesting stories from childhood and it's it's very fascinating for me to hear about different childhood ambitions. Mhm. Mm yes yeah, so what was your childhood ambition and how was your childhood? So my childhood ambition was to be a writer. Um I love words. I I still have a box of my diaries from when I was a kid, starting from when I was like 8 years old. Um that was definitely something that I was drawn to is just the um the the art of writing and expressing myself it felt very safe it feels like a a safe place like as a kid you know i feel like at least for me i felt like oh there's certain things i can't share with my parents i can't share with my friends uh you're not really in control of your social life as a child and so to have a place to express everything that's going on it's it's still kind of my safe place right so i also had this i also have this diary um from when i was in class 1 or 2 basically the primary school and now when i read it i was like oh my god i'm such a stupid and it's so embarrassing for me to read that <laughs> like <laughs> But, what was wrong with me yes what was exactly <laughs> so how was um college life for you college life so When I was in college, I really loved doing uh improv and sketch comedy. Uh that was my big passion. Like I was in my school's sketch and improv group. I had a my school had like a TV network, so I was like writing funny stuff for a TV show. I was writing satire articles for our school's newspaper. That was my everything. Uh I actually ended up moving to New York City because I wanted to write for late night TV which is not a thing a lot of people know about me. Uh so I think I I definitely had a lot of pain in me 
in, in college that was not super expressed. And I used humor as a way to kind of get through that and to kind of like poke fun at myself, keep things a little more surface as can be the case when you're using humor. And yeah, that was kind of like my, my main identity as a college student. Right. So basically, I also heard one of the stand-up comedians in India, stand-up uh, comic in India, say uh, talk about this. He said that humor is something which you used to talk when you cannot talk openly about your experiences. So you, you would rather use humor to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Completely. And I don't think I consciously realized I was doing that at the time. Uh, but looking back, I think it, it was easier for me to use humor than to say like, you know, I, I don't really have a great relationship with myself or like, I don't love, I feel like I'm struggling to love myself. I feel kind of like I don't belong. I feel lonely. So when was the point you realized that humor is just an escape for me? And I need to, you know, rather sit down and self-introspect. Yeah, it's, I mean, it still comes out for me. Like when I'm a little uncomfortable or with, I'm, when I'm with someone I might feel a little more on edge with, I definitely still use humor. Not nearly as often. Uh, I think I realized how much I was using it when I started kind of falling out of love with the comedy scene in New York City. And I think I thought when I left college and moved to New York that things would be different and like comedy adults would be more mature and I'd be able to kind of grow into myself as an adult. And my judgment, and this is very sweeping and definitely not true for everyone, was just that like there wasn't necessarily the level of maturity that I was looking for and to say like okay if this is not my world like who are my people where do I go and being around people suddenly like freelance writers and entrepreneurs who humor was not their first language (laughs) realizing like oh there's a different way of being with this Right. So I read this beautiful line somewhere uh, on the social media, as far as I remember, the world does not need more successful people and CEOs, but it needs more change makers and policy makers and happiness advocates. So I was, as I was reading about you, how you moved to New York City and then you realized you were lonely there. So how do you, how would you um, summarize your experience in living such a fast city and not being able to interact with anyone, meet like-minded people? I think for me, the loneliness did not come from not interacting with people. I was actually interacting with a ton of people. Like when I look at my calendar from when I moved to the city, I hit the ground running. I was going to plays. I was going to shows. I was going to museums. I was going to bars. I was going on dates, all the stuff. Um, I think it was two things. I didn't have the knowledge of myself to know that I needed to slow down, take some time to reflect on what I actually wanted, take some time to process how I was feeling because it's a huge transition moving to a new place as I am re-experiencing right now. Uh, 
but also that the people around me were not necessarily as open or as, as like into the things that I wanted to get into of like talking about love and consciousness and community and all of these things that I'm so into, uh, they, that just wasn't their thing. And so I needed to find the people who that was their thing. Right. So I think this is a very important thing which I realized while like just now that it is like you cannot loneliness is not just about like I'm talking to people, but you can talk to people and still feel lonely and empty inside. Completely. That it's I I run a, a group program for women who want deeper relationships with themselves and other people. And that's the first thing we talk about is what is your relationship with yourself like? What do you tell yourself about yourself? Because I really believe that the quality of love that we give ourselves reflects the quality of care that other people will give us. Right. And if we can't do that, then we're going to keep attracting like toxic relationships or, or at the very least dissatisfying relationships. So can you tell the listeners about the joy list? Mm. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the joy list is a weekly newsletter of events that people can go to by themselves and leave with a new friend. And our mission is to make the world a less lonely place. Uh, and it started in November, 2016. I've been doing it every week since then. And it used to be just for New York City, New York City-based events. And now because of coronavirus, I have transitioned it to being virtual events, which has been fun and challenging because now suddenly I can feature an event from anyone, anywhere. Right. And that, that's been really interesting. So do you, uh, can you like narrate to us any particular um, event you remember while you were making this community and making people interact with each other that gave you immense happiness? Yeah, I think, well, in terms of my own personal experience with the event scene in New York City, it, it really was a test in getting comfortable getting out of my own comfort zone. Uh, and so a really big example for me personally was going to dance events in New York because I was petrified of dancing. I was so scared of it. If you put me on a dance floor, I would just like freeze and be just scared. Uh, and I noticed people around me like to dance and I wanted to feel included. And so one of the events that I went to is this space created by a woman named Tasha Blank uh, called The Get Down. And I talk about it in my book, but it was this experience where I was in line with all these people who seemed like they already knew each other. There was this guy in front of me who I was talking to and he was wearing like very businessy clothes, like a button up shirt and khaki pants. Um, and we get in to where like you're paying for tickets and stuff. And this guy who I kind of assumed that we were both new, that it was his first time and my first time. And he just takes off his shirt and his pants and he's wearing these like tiny neon yellow shorts and like a mesh shirt <laughs> underneath his clothes. 
And I was like, okay, this is a different world. And I got there too early, which I did not realize where they, people were just warming up. There weren't very many people there. And I kind of just awkwardly floated around for like an hour until more people got there. Um, but I just really remember there's this one moment where they always do this thing where everyone puts their arms around each other and gets in a circle and starts like running in a circle. Uh, and that someone just must have seen me standing there looking uncomfortable and they just kind of like put their arm around me and brought me in. Um, we were just like jumping up and down, screaming yes over and over again. I just remember being like, wow, like this is, and everyone's sober and it's just a completely different way of living. And so the reason why I love promoting these events that have these moments of connection is because I know what it's like to feel like an outsider and scared uh, and how powerful it is to be in a space where people genuinely want you to feel like you belong. It, it's a really rare and beautiful thing. Right. So how far would you say you've come in this journey of creating a safe space for yourself? Man, I am in it right now, if I'm being honest, because I've, I lived in New York City for five years. I imagine I'm going to go back. I don't really know. Uh, and I'm in a new city right now. And it's, um, it's really challenging for multiple reasons, but one, obviously, coronavirus, that my ability to meet new people is really limited. Uh, and so kind of like the people I'm with right now are the people I'm with. And what I am telling myself is I'm just really being, this is my ultimate test in how much can I just love myself with not having the spiritual community around me that I'm used to, not having a romantic partner. And I'm like, I'm also around a lot of romantic couples right now, like people who have partners and I, I ended my relationship with my partner before I moved here. And so it's just like the ultimate, <laughs> like, I all think, right, can I put into practice what I say I do? So it's like, if you can, if you can get through this, you can get through anything. Right. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. I think the, the biggest shift for me has been just feeling the longing that I'm feeling and not telling myself that it's bad or that it's shameful or I should be okay. Because like if a friend told me the situation I'm in, I would say, of course you feel lonely. Of course you feel scared. Of course you, you wish that you had someone to snuggle and love on. Like that's very human. Uh, and there's a, there's a spiritual teacher, John Wineland, who talks about intimacy and sexual polarity, all these fun things. Um, and I was on a group call with him and he gave me the advice to just like treat this longing that I'm feeling as something that is sacred and to just take time every day to feel like how badly I want to feel like I'm with my people and how badly I want to feel loved and to just let it hurt. 
like it's, it's okay it's to allow yourself so yeah. how do you think we can create a you know safe uh, safe space for millennials or generation z so that they're comfortable talking about these topics like loneliness feeling mm-hmm. the emptiness not being able to accept themselves how do you think we can do that yeah that's a really good question i think one of the most important things is the energy of the facilitator. This is a thing that I am learning more and more as I get more into kind of like what makes a really good facilitator. But I think it's very important that the facilitator sets the bar for vulnerability. So if the facilitator just sees himself as kind of like the leader and that, oh, me being vulnerable makes me seem like I'm not strong or like I'm not a good leader, people can't trust me. I think it's actually the, the opposite, where if you as the leader of a conversation can talk about your own experiences with loneliness, your own experiences with feeling like you don't belong, that signals to the other people in the room that this is a space where you're allowed to share in that way. And it shifts the tone of the conversation and permissions people to go a little deeper. So that's a huge one. Uh, and another tip I would give is to let people know what they have in common in the space because it is very, it's very obvious, but I've noticed that repeating this multiple times kind of helps people drop their walls a little. So if you say, we, everyone who is in this Zoom call, for example, we all want to talk about why we feel disconnected right now, why we feel lonely. We all share this struggle right now. There's like this feeling of solidarity that me and whoever this person is, even if we've never met before, we share this and that brings us closer together. I feel more comfortable sharing. So those are, those are two tips. Uh, I'm curious if that's like helpful, if there's other things I can address in that world for you. Yes, these, those are helpful, definitely. So it's like putting your guard down sometimes and allowing others to know what you feel. Totally. Like that's, that's such an art. Right. So also for someone who's very socially awkward and introvert and doesn't really prefer going out and feels emptiness or lonely as we talk about. So what yeah. would be the first step you would suggest for a person like that? Yeah, I think that first of all, I think at least in America, I can't speak for for India, but culturally there's definitely kind of a preference towards extroversion that like being an extrovert is better. Um, And that's not true. I think a lot of people who are deeply self-aware are introverted. And so if going out a lot isn't your thing, that's okay. And to just be very intentional then with when you do go out, what kinds of people do you want to surround yourself with? Because I know a lot of people, and I definitely did this as well, kind of just hang out with the people who you're with by default. Like, oh, we went to school together or we work together. And so these are my friends. And I believe that friends can be part of your spiritual path. And so to say, what kind of people will really lift me up? Like, where do I want to go in my life? And who can I surround myself with who can take me to that place? And it's, 
I am, I'm aware that might sound kind of like selfish, but that I think we all, we all give and take from each other. Mm-hmm. We can all, we all influence each other. That's just how humans are. And to say like, okay, wh- who are the people in my city that I want to be more like? Is it the like really cool salsa dancer ladies? Is it the awesome Buddhist meditation people? Whatever it is. Uh, and to go and be with those people. That, and so that hopefully that feels a little less scary with that intention versus I'm just going to go to this huge party filled with random people and expect it to be fun. Cause I'm, I'm more extroverted than introverted. And I don't like that. I don't like walking into a huge party filled with people. I don't know. It feels exhausting. Uh, And so just to normalize that feeling, because I know with a lot of people I talk to, they say like, oh, I should be okay with that. Or like, I should love that. There's no should, it doesn't, that's just kind of how we're fed through movies and TV, how we're supposed to hang out with people. But it doesn't mean that it's true. So what do you talk about in your book, The Unlonely Planet? Yeah, so my book, Unlonely Planet, I talk about, so the, the subtitle is How Healthy Congregations Can Change the World. Okay. And a lot of people, when they hear the word congregation, they think of a church, rightly so. A congregation is also a, a word that is associated with church. What I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make in my book is that a lot of young people, and people in general, but especially young people, are not comfortable in organized religion. They feel like it's not for them, like their, their values are not welcome there, their identity is not welcome, which is really unfortunate because church and religion has given us so many wonderful things that it can give you a place to connect with the higher power, to answer your spiritual questions, to have support if you get sick or someone in your family gets sick, to have people to talk to about the places where you want to grow in your life. And if we don't have that kind of one hub for all of these things, our friend group kind of de facto can become that source of inspiration. But the the thing is that we need to do it intentionally. We need to know like what is missing in our life because there's a lot of dissatisfaction that people experience with their friends. And we need to be able to put a finger on why and what we're missing. And even just one simple example is, like, do you have people in your life that you can do healing work with? Uh, simple but deep example. Because in church, you might, for example, have a priest that you could talk to about really deep, painful struggles in your life. And... While I love therapy and I have a therapist, I also believe it's really important to be able to share these things with at least one or two friends in your life. And so to say, okay, like for example, for me, uh, I've struggled with eating disorders throughout my life. And so to be around other women who have experienced an eating disorder and to be able to talk about it and be in community with them is a deeply healing thing because I know I'm not alone in this experience. All these other really cool rad women have had this experience.
experienced. We're going through it together. I feel less shame around this problem that I have. And like, I really just cannot uh, oversell, undersell uh, that point that it's really important with whatever thing that you're struggling with to get community support. Because if we don't have it, we tell ourselves that we're alone. And that's, no matter what the issue is, it's not the case. There's always other people going through the same thing. So like right now, like we're in the midst of a pandemic, we're all at our homes confined to the walls. So what would you suggest for people to, how to create a safe space for themselves? Because this is a very unique situation itself. We haven't faced this and we do not know how to react and how to basically go about our mental health. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So the question is, um, how, how do we create safe spaces for ourselves online right now? Is that it? Yes, online and like being ex- like self-acceptance basically. How do we adopt that? Yeah, well, I would say one is that you don't necessarily have to create the space online yourself if you don't want to. Uh, I know for me, my impulse is to always make the thing myself. And just going into a space that someone else created can be really rich and wonderful because I can just relax and receive whatever they are offering to me. Uh, And so just to know that there's plenty of really beautiful spaces online right now. And since everything is virtual, it's this really rare moment of some of the world's best teachers are offering things for everyone right now online. And it could be really discounted. It could be free. There are so many incredible trainings going on right now. And so that, that in itself is really important. And there is also a benefit to creating a space yourself, because I think for me doing that has helped me feel like I belong a ton. It's been a sense of kind of like, I have power when I'm brave enough to create something, I'm brave enough to invite people, they show up and some sort of change happens. Uh, And so if you wanna do that, my advice would be first to figure out what the intention of your space is to say, like this is why people really don't love these, or at least people I know don't love these Zoom happy hours where you're kind of just like on zoom with 20 people talking over each other (laughs) like it doesn't necessarily feel nourishing because you're not really connecting with people um and so to say like what is the intention is it i want to invite 10 of my female friends and we all share for 10 minutes on what's going on in our lives so we can catch up uh is it i want to get together with the dads in my life to talk about what we're struggling with during coronavirus. Do you want to do something that's consistent? I think that's also really powerful is to say, hey, every Wednesday morning for this month, I am going to invite 10 of my friends or five of my friends or two of my friends to just catch up. And we're going to set a timer. I'm a big fan of timers and to say, Each of us has five minutes uninterrupted to just share. And then we're going to ask them questions for five minutes. And then we switch to the next person. Uh, I think there's really, there's a lot of powerful connection that is possible with Zoom. 
and I've experienced it. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've cried on Zoom. <laughs> um, but just to say that, like, I'm going to take control of this and I'm going to make an agenda uh, and we're going to follow it because people, I think the fear is being too controlling. But in my experience, if people know what they're signing up for, they're really grateful that someone is taking the reins and creating an experience for them versus just trying to be chill. <laughs> <laughs>